Music. Reviews. Chat. Poems. Comedy. Writing. Interviews. ELFM. It's radio for so much more. Welcome to Vandal Factory. My name's Natalie Quatermass. And I'm Henry Raby. And we are Vandal Factory. I feel like we established that. Yeah, yeah, that was quite clear. Oh, hello everyone. This is our first show of 2022. It's lovely to be back in a new year with a fresh spirit. Yeah, how are you doing, Henry? I'm all right, thanks, mate. I've just come out of 10 days of isolation stations, so... The world is like big and scary, and Ooh. and not my front, not my room. You, out of out of everyone I know, I think you're the best at isolating. I think you're you get the number one award for just being good at isolating. Oh, thank you. Um, like not not physically, just like emotionally. <laughs> turning, turning everything yeah. off. Turning. I don't. Oh, Henry, how are you doing? Oh, fine. Really distant, just staring yeah. at the wall. Staring at this wall. I'm That's you. The other wall, and then there's one more wall to look at. I've divided my week into these four walls. Um, or maybe I'll just do three, and then it's a bonus. Mm. Um, so more importantly. How's your hope? How's your anger? How's my hope and how is my anger? Um, yeah, I'm I'm I've sort of the government seems like it's ready to collapse, <laughs> <laughs> which is nice. I like to watch them squirm. Like it feels like it's enjoyable, isn't it? To watch you know, them squirm. I, I, but my, they'll never get the right comeuppances. No. Well, you know, Johnson That's will just it. leave and go off and have some nice cushy job. But it, it's yeah. quite nice after I don't know. 20 years of being the Teflon man and then winning an election by just every criticism levy just going no I'm not interested I'm just going to go hide in a fridge like mm. to actually be like so consequences yeah, to your actions quite nice. it is quite nice it just it I'm trying to allow myself little moments of like enjoy it because you've got to you've got to yeah. take these little wins you wish it was over something more substantial Absolutely. like the policy decisions that he's yeah. championed for his entire career. Um, not that, you know, breaking the rules is is an okay thing, but yeah. Um, What about you, Nat? How's your hope and how's your anger? My, um, my anger is like, I'm a bit past it all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a bit, yeah, I'm just crawling through January, trying to just, doing the bare minimum is taking absolutely all of my energy at the moment. But things, I'm doing a lot of, pretty practical things which do does give me lots of hope you did and a it bit does, of digging the other day does some you? digging yeah. creating a community forest garden with nice. climb action seacroft that's very nice and yeah. uh walking me dog that's good <laughs> doing you know just need to be like out doing stuff rather yeah. than inside thinking that that that's those, be where the devil lies i don't know those walls are going to stare at themselves <laughs> I've got a duty to those walls. But apart from, you know, how did you keep yourself busy when you were when you were expertly isolating? So I uh, did the try and test method of just reading a book. Oh, that. yeah. And uh, I was reading heard of them. a book uh, lent to me by the lovely James Moran, who does a lot of stuff on ELFM. And it is called In Defence of Scar. And it's uh, and it's and it's about the my flatmate came in and saw me reading it. And he was like, Has someone upset you about Scar. Yeah. You like preparing for an argument. 
So it's it's uh, it's about the Amer- the American Scar scene more because Sky is seen as a more like wacky childish thing over there, whereas in in the UK it's has a much more respectable position from the specials and and madness. But it's seen as like real big fish are like oh the yeah. wacky nerdy like things. cartoon music. It's car- yeah, it? it's yeah. music for kids. You shouldn't like it when you're an adult. Um, and so his book is like in defense of this amazing genre. And out of the back of that, I did one of my favourite things, which is to make a big playlist. Um, and as the completest I am, I made a playlist of the history of UK ska music, um, going back from the late 60s into the two-tone movement. If You, you can find it. Wow. I'll, I'll put it in the description for the show. The, yeah. ex- the extended description. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. And wait Look for the, the views or the listens to go sky high. It, it's, 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 uh, it's, uh, na- it's nine hours long, mate. <laughs> It's great. Um, and on that, I've been gearing up because I'm going to see one of my absolute favourite bands this Saturday. Uh, I'm wearing one of their hoodies. They are called Random Hand and they are one of the first sort of... I was really into 70s... Give oh, him bloody life story here. Come on, settle down. Um, basically, one of the first Sometimes modern bands I, I just discovered. don't need to say it. He just says it for me. It's brilliant. Anyway, they're an amazing, fantastic uh, ska punk metal rap band from Keithley which is near Bradford which is near Leeds so everyone just says they're from Leeds but they're playing a Leeds show this the Broods this um, Saturday so I'm going to get my skanking feet on shall I, pl- shall I play some ska? Yes please thank you Henry But already you know Where that you and tell the music to go No attention for anything ma Recycled sounds are what you came here for Now I love the beat But I need to shout And if you miss the points of the band Then plug in your brain and try to clap Come on! Close my say Why'd you pierce up here some scow and I'll find your pierce some scow? Why'd you pierce up here some scow and I'll find your pierce some scow? Why'd you pierce up here some scow and I'll find your pierce some scow? Why'd you pierce up here some scow and I'll find your pierce some
that was Random Hand with Play Some Scar. And now it's time for Henry to do his own thing. You put your left leg in, your left leg out. In, out, in, out, you shake it all about. You do the hokey-cokey and you turn around. Henry? Henry? Henry, do you want to come? Henry? Henry? What's up with him? Oh, don't worry about him. He's doing his own thing. (laughs) I love that jingle so much. I mean, it's it's hardly a jingle. It's more of a skit, really, (laughs) isn't it? Um, So for those of you who don't know, I am a performance poet, spoken word artist. Only child. (laughs) (laughs) And and a legend? Hmm. You have your moments. Okay. So uh, I've written a poem. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> paying attention. No. You're in your own little world. No, I thought you were doing your own thing. I didn't I'm think I was supposed to chip idea. in so much, really. You usually just crack on. So last episode, I did a poem um, about the 1800s. And I'm going to do another poem about the 1800s because <laughs> I, I bloody love the 1800s. <laughs> it's great. Everyone was having a great time. Um, so... Basically, I saw a tweet from uh, um, the QI elves that said, for 3,000 years, the best way to get from A to B was to get some horses and tie a wagon to it or a chariot to it, right? And then in the 1800s, we invented these things called trains. And then about 100 years later, humanity had gone to the moon. In that, in that, so like that suddenly technology just like, Sped up like a train. It's some, right. Some say, new... that, say that again for me. In so, how much time? So so if you think that trains were pretty much invented at the start of the 1800s. Yeah. By 1969, we'd gone to the moon. Wow. And, and But for thousands of years, yeah. it was pretty much the technology was you get some horses and you tie them to a thing. Yeah. And that's how you get from A to B. Yeah. So suddenly... Trains are invented, and then you obviously get cars. And then we got a train to the moon. Then we got a train to the moon. Yeah. So this is a poem about that. Cool. We'll be on the moon. In a hundred years' time, we'll be up in the heavens. My bones will be poor marrow by then, child, but we'll be up on the moon. I've seen it in the steam, like they see futures for pennies in mugs. I've felt it in the red heat in my bones, loading up the black into the blackening steel gob. Maybe they'll make a sturdy rail track that arrows upwards like a silver oak tree, bolt together a good boiler the size of a house, point it up one night and chug up to the moon. They'll need good stokers from Manchester or Darlington, buy Northampton boots to stride over that orb up there. They'll breathe moon air. And if there is a man up there, he'll get a lot more company. I hope they'll be polite and bow and say, oh, may we stay? Make sure it's not some baron or earl that pomps themselves on the lunar face. No factory owner with more wealth than senses in his head. No one who hates this world enough to wreck it. Just eyes up adventurers. Maybe you'll make it, child. My grandfather made it to 35, my father 40. God willing, maybe you'll see 100. There'll be worrying and wars, I'll wager. More strikes and riots. Join your fair share of both, child. Love who you love. Hate the rich man and say a prayer early and late. Aye, I'll channel old Mother Shipton and say, The year of our Lord, 1969. Maybe you'll look up and see us on the moon. Oh, wow, Henry. I wanted to write a poem about imagination, but 
not from the perspective of how can we devour this world in a giant capitalist maelstrom of horror and Stuff. not like and not what can I Jeff Bezos do to get up to the moon but what could mm. it mean and I think imagination plays a nice part of this show yeah we've got yeah. um Mosa talking about uh the imagination of DIY venues and making things and making events absolutely Mosa is such a dear friend of mine who uh is a proper scouser compared to <laughs> me being the Wirralite that I am. So uh, it's great to have a friend in Leeds who makes me go really scouse. So you'll notice my my accent changes in this interview quite drastically than what it's usually like. Um, but Mosa is a creative producer and event organiser and a... Visionado? No, what's the word? Visionado? Uh, uh, visiona- vi- visionado? I don't know. Someone who's really, really knowledgeable about film. Oh, yeah. A yeah. Film, film buff. A film buff. They're a film buff. Um, so, yeah, it was it was great to have a chat with her. Here she is. Hi, Mesa. How are you doing? Hi. I'm really good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us. So you are this amazing event organiser and film producer and creative, extraordinaire, awesome person. (laughs) Am I right? (laughs) You flatter me. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's that's what I'm here for. But yeah, go on. Tell us, why don't you tell us where your passion for film first started? Um, So I would say, I mean, I watched films, obviously, throughout my childhood, did the usual when I was in sixth form, I was spending a lot of time at home because I think I must have been skiving. But I would be spending time at home and I'd, and I'd be lay on the sofa and I discovered the TCM channel, so Turner Classic Movies. And I just remember putting the channel on and thinking, oh, you know, I wonder if there's an old black and white movie I can fall asleep to. And then realising I was absolutely entranced and finding it really strange that I wasn't getting sleepy. And I thought... And I remember there was like a Gene Kelly season on at the time, and then it was followed by a Frank Sinatra season. And I just really quickly realized that it was just a really deep, happy place for me. I was just, I love the styles, the clothing, the dance, the tap dancing. And it just felt like a really lovely, safe space. So I think I'd always had this love for kind of 50s, 40s, 50s musicals, um, which I didn't really think much about. That was just my own private interest was there any time at that point could you share that passion with anybody no it didn't even occur to me to talk about it it was just very much for me I mean I used to remember when I went to uni I started going through a phase of (laughs) doing like drunk ordering (laughs) DVDs so it would be a very specific mindset and uh, I'd come home and I'd go and I just think, oh, I think about a particular actor or a director, and then I just bulk order a bunch of DVDs, forget about them, and then a few days later they'd arrive, and it was just really exciting. I'm like, oh my god, what a gift to future me! Uh-huh. <laughs> I just, yeah. So, and then I've just been building a collection, but again, completely didn't occur to me to ever think of it as some kind of career or job or you know even talk to people about it it was just Mm. a very private thing that I was doing that's that's Um, funny because I was like one of my questions is it it always seems to me that it's not um it's not just about the film itself for you but you've been passionate about 
watching film with other people and making events happen with unusual films and unusual places and that to me has always been like that what is what gets your like glimmer in your eye when that's happening is that fair yeah so yeah it is I think I've just been obviously watching these films by myself but then I um Laura Aja a friend of mine who I work with in Scalarama Festival um in a uh, one time in High Pop Picture House, she came up to me and she was like, I've heard that you like old films. Do you want to put on a film? Um, we run uh, screenings in the back of the Reliance. Uh, do you want to put on a film? So I thought, oh, I've never really considered doing something like that before. I thought I'll give it a go. I'll screen Harvey, which is a film from 1950 with James Stewart. It's my favourite film of all time. I'm just presenting this film to people. It just... You know, you're just sharing my most favourite thing with a group of people who then were like, oh, my, a lot of people hadn't seen it before. Everyone was really enthusiastic and passionate. And I just thought, oh, my God, love this. This is absolutely what I want to do. I want to just like the little gems that I found over the years and and something, you know, when you're just so in love with something and you just want other people to be in love with it. Oh, that's so nice. And you mentioned Scalarama there. What... What, for people who don't know, what's Scalarama? So Scalarama is a national festival that kind was created uh, over 10 years ago now, which was, um, there was a cinema in London called The Scala, which is like a very cult classic cinema, very well known in like cult cinema circles. And that closed down and there's a bunch of people who were all fans of The Scala decided, let's hold a festival every September in which anyone can put on film screenings in this month and we'll promote it kind of nationally and locally. So that's kind of grown and the shape has molded and I'm part of the Scalarama Leeds team and we are a group of friends and we're all interested in film in different ways and have different kind of careers, but we're all interested in films and every September we ask as many people as possible or organizations community groups individuals and say hey do you want to put on a film and it's all about empowering people to to see to just see how easy it is to put on your own film screening and then we'll kind of make a brochure and advertise all the films together but every individual person gets to try it out so a lot of film programmers kind of start off in this way because it's like a really supported way to put on your first film screening and it just means we've got a really eclectic program we had in the last Scalarama, you know, we had oh, uh, some Fellini film shown in Heart. And then we also had like a VHS screening of Batman happening in High Park. Amazing. Like, it was just, you know, it's just bonkers. Lots of different things happen and it's really exciting. So, And it's really DIY as well. Really DIY. And it's a lot of it is about using unusual or non-cinema spaces. So just kind of film can happen anywhere and it can really, yeah. you know, change how you feel about uh, a film when you watch it in an unusual space. I think a lot of people's experiences of cinema is going to a big multiplex or, you know, that's your, you're going out to see a big screen. Um, mm. But it's really exciting to see stuff in these like DIY alternative spaces. Is there like some, I don't know, some, any, any tips or things you've learned if someone is like, oh, I'd like to learn a little bit more about how to put a film on in the back of a pub or a warehouse or a garden shed? Yeah. I mean, it is really simple, but I do understand it's just a big unknown. I, I would just say, if you get in contact with the Scalarama team, 
we would talk you through the process. It doesn't even have to be in the month of September. Uh, you can email us on leads at gmail.com. And we, we do it all the time. People will come up to us and go, I've been thinking about this, or, or I've got venue. I was talking to a brewery the other day, and they were like, we've got this like room in the back, and we'd love to kind of start showing films as well as selling beer. We just talk through the process and kind of demystify it. The main thing is um, the license cost. But if you can balance that out by ticket price and seats, then it's normally fine. And it's just, I think what's really important to me is that if a bigger variety of people are putting on films, that means there's a bigger film offer in the city. And we're not relying on, like you say, the big multiplexes, the view, et cetera, or every man. There's, there's just, there are people that are putting on different types of films, like say High Pop Pitch House or Leeds International Film Festival. But that's still just two groups of people. You know, I think everybody should have a say in the films that are on and especially, you know, the little niche films that you think, oh, I watched that when I was a kid. Or, you know, for me, I'm really particularly interested in African cinema and the certain memories I have of certain films and get my hair done, you know, like in an auntie's house. I'm like, I want to show that kind of stuff because it's just, if it's not on the kind of um, the release, the, the film release radar, you know, it's sometimes it's quite hard to see. So it's up to us to put it on. We all yeah. should be putting on films, I think. <laughs> amazing, amazing. And um, what's one of your le- latest projects with uh, Iconic Presents? Yeah, so, you know me, I can't say no to a project. <laughs> Actually, it's not that I can't say no to a project. It's just like ideas. I just get really excited, so... Me and my pal Matty, who we play football together in uh, Republica FC, which I don't know if you've heard of, but it's like a, a very left-wing football team, um, which is very inclusive and does lots of fundraising. Don't, don't you have to like play purpose. on both wings uh, if you're playing football? Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm, a, I'm in a football Look joke, at you, Look at you. Henry, I'm in a football <laughs> joke. <laughs> Oh yeah, so it's just uh, so it's kind of a socialist. Maybe it's the wrong word. It's a very left wing football team, raw variety of left wing folk in that team, but it's just really inclusive uh, across genders, non-binary folk, trans folk, and we uh, and there's lots of fundraising and activity that happen to support different refugee charities and other uh, charities in the city. So they're super duper. So Amazing. I met my good friend Matty uh, playing football, uh, and we. Basically, we're really interested in the idea of screening films that that kind of crop up in queer culture references all the time. So, you know, people are watching RuPaul's Drag Race and they're referencing films or, you know, you hear about them in songs and or, you know, the quotes. So there's a lot of films that we've probably watched at home alone or in the past, but we wanted to bring them again into a shared cinema space so everyone can re-enjoy them together. So we set up something called Iconic Presents because all the film feature iconic performances or have like iconic status. And we've just been doing it as and when we feel like it. It's really nice to have a project that's geared around. It's kind of like bringing a hobby to life, really. Uh, Yeah, passion project. Um, Passion project, absolutely. So we did our first screening was uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, which we screened at Wharf Chambers Classic, went down really well. And then we next screened Death Becomes Her at Clay in Leeds. Which I was at. That was so much fun. Yes, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. The audience oh, it was, was lively. Yeah. I'm really into it. So the next thing we're screening is Sister Act, 
yes <laughs> can't go wrong you know I'm one so of the excited and uh, and I know it's like it's a more well-known one it's just fun you know it's brilliant, and I just think, it's just you know, brilliant. being in a big audience and we all just get to sing along um so that's all that'll be on the 10th of February at Clay um and there'll be promotional activity about that Matty does all of our posters uh, they have amazing artwork and yeah so that's the kind of the next iconic screening we're doing and as ever in every screening we'll announce the next film by trailer when you're all there amazing that's so good and it was such a good night it was just like you know you know it often is when you go into a queer space you're like oh fine um i am amongst friends <laughs> and it just felt like I, yeah. I instantly knew like the whole audience um and we were all a group of pals that were going to watch this film together and have a laugh and I, I can only imagine that a sister act will be that twice over excellent yeah it's gonna be good it's gonna be great it's gonna be fun that's the main thing you know Mosa, we want to play a song on east leeds fm what song would you like to hear so yeah absolutely my guy from the sister act 1992 soundtrack please you 
Is that because we're doing a live show yeah, and we need yeah. to be it, on it? It would be really inconvenient <laughs> if someone was to try and take me away at this moment in time. I would, you know, I've turned my phone off, so it shouldn't. Unless they to physically come in here and try and take me away from you. Then. Well, the laws are changing, aren't they, Nat? <laughs> What a segue. We are going to go from one banger into Nat's banger of the hour. And I wanted to give my solidarity for everyone who was protesting last weekend um, on the, the Kill the Bill protests that happened up and down the country for people standing up for their right to protest, to be seriously annoying um, and for not to have crimes and policing take on more powers in this country than than they've ever had before so um with that in mind i want to play stand up by akala because every single song you own is a banger it's time for nat's banger of the hour bangers is it a banger Stand up wherever in Britain Bro, I know the flow's cold, let me know that you feel it Bro, I know the road's slow, got you ready to kill him Cause I feel the same pain, hear the lyrics I'm spitting Critics arse wild and smart, they gotta be kidding Little kids will blow your head off just to say that they did it I'm in the streets, one deep, these villains think that I'm slipping Nah, bro, I just don't really care about none of your spittings Cause if you're real, then you're feeling it No, I don't give a shit, this is just me I ain't putting on no images Respect the message, brother, illustrate records British flag, yard colours, cars, tell me where my head is First time you saw me, I was screaming, fuck the police Next time I came, I changed the whole game in the streets These wallies still trying to catch up with war I bang harder, farther, roll with us I ain't even started Moss side, stand up, long side, stand up, Hansworth, stand up, Aston, stand up, Newtown, stand up, London, stand up, anywhere, everywhere, all my people stand up, St. Paul, stand up, St. Anne, stand up, Top Step, stand up, Chapel Town, stand up, Luton, stand up, London, stand up, anywhere, everywhere, all my people stand up. All my tucks stand up, fist in the sky Girls two hands high, now you're chilling with I Mr. Brazilian, so of course the women is filling them Lyrics is brilliant, no question illest in England I ain't watching the states neither, that whole shit's tired All the great rappers is either dead or retired All these soppy cunts talking bitches and blunts How much a chain cost, and you busting your gun And it's made it over here too You got these silly little kids talking about their four or five Never even seen a thing, and you can't spit it Your click is not top, I don't need a stick for your sticks to get a box in the chops, silly boys can't bang with me, fools can't hang with me, I don't really care unless it's paper or my family homes, this is the roads and there's only one strategy, though I hate my realities, just the way it has to be, Coventry, stand up, Bradford, stand up, Wolftown, stand up, Glasgow, stand up, Cardiff, stand up, London, stand up, anywhere, everywhere, all my people stand up, Derby, stand up, Leicester, stand up, Newcastle, stand up, Sheffield, stand up, Belfast, stand up, London, stand up, Anywhere, everywhere, all my people stand up I talk a lot but I don't conversate with punks Try so hard to teach but your man I'm a dunce Don't learn till the shit happen Burn when the clips clap them This is not a burn but you worms get a relaxing My reaction 
fashion Only in the street fashion I am not bulletproof I could get my melon splattered So I move Ready spread positive energy But I know full well Couple cracks wanna bury me No reason Just cause That's the negativity How could you be a nigga Not feeling my delivery Lyrically my ability Ripping up killers viciously Spitters the one to mimic me Sticking them where the spirits be huh. Pretty boy I call him like an ape Skinny but I push plates Like I'm fresh off an ape Ah oh, mate So you really should stay in your lane On the spitter on my level Got the same last name Moss side Stand up Long side Stand up Hands work Stand up Aston Stand up Newtown Stand up London Stand up Anywhere, everywhere All my bitches stand up St. Paul's Stand up St. Anne's Stand up Top Steph Stand up Chapel Town Stand up Luton Stand up London Stand up Anywhere, everywhere All my bitches stand up Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, anywhere, everywhere, all my people stand up. That was Akala with Stand Up. And I do hope you are standing up. But that song uh, reminds me, Henry Ravy, of... Was it 2017 or 18 when we were on tour? So we're also a theatre company as well as a delightful radio show. All right, that was very passive aggressive. Oh, okay. oh sorry. I meant. Okay. okay. I was gonna. Uh, they were gonna catch up. We were on tour with our the show. This is, that's quite insight we were... into our relationship. <laughs> there, I just like say a comment and get told off. Yeah. I'm gonna stand up again. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we we were on tour. We made a show that could fit into Henry's car, and um, we were bobbing around uh, most of the UK and doing it. Uh, and so we would often listen to Nat's car bangers, of which Akala's stand up would feature. And then we would play a made up game in the car, where um, you've got to do that rhythm where it goes stand up, stand up, stand up. Stand up, and we've got to alternate saying place names. So mm. you're just going to make up the place names. So we're going <laughs> to we're going to give it a go right now, and we recommend that everyone else has a go as well. Lovely. Are you going to start? Okay, I'll start. Ready? So. Wait, no, wait. I haven't thought of one. <laughs> I've forgotten all places. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Seacroft. Stand, stand up. up. Blackpool. Stand, stand up. up. Plymouth. Stand up. <laughs> Stand up. <laughs> Newcastle, stand, stand up. Gotham, stand, stand up. up. Anywhere, everywhere. All, All my people, people stand up. up. London, stand up. York, stand, stand up. up. Edinburgh, stand up. Glasgow. St- oh, you did too. Oh, sorry. No, you go. Glasgow, stand, stand up. up. Anywhere, okay, everywhere. everywhere. All <laughs> my people stand up. Woo! Why is that so hard? Could you do it one more time? <laughs> Please, please. Just this one is more. the whitest feature in the world. <laughs> Two white people try and do a little game out of Akala's rap. Right, okay, you're going to start this time, though. Okay. Ready? Cardiff. Stand, stand up. up. Luton. Stand up. Uh, another place. Stand, stand up. up. Middlesbrough. Stand up. Leicester. Stand, stand up. up. Leeds. Stand up. Anywhere, Other, everywhere. All my people stand up. Ah, oh. oh, what a pair of legends. I would say so. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of legends, uh, we've got another interview coming up for you lovely listeners now. We do. We have the lovely Maddie Shan. So I once saw Maddie do, um, so she's a choreographer, a dancer, a theatre maker, performer. Um, Years and years ago, I met Maddie when she did a show about fear and um, about insecurities and phobias. And I remember really clearly that one of them being about a fear over the climate crisis, about catastrophe, environmental 
cha- damage. And I, I do genuinely remember thinking, I've never seen a theatre maker like list this as like a, f- a, like a fear, like a fear of this thing that's coming. And I still think even back in, this is like the early 2010s, I'm only talking like, you know, seven, eight years ago, mm. but it still felt that that was like, but climate change is this thing that's happening in the future. I think the dial wow. has changed so much to go, it is something that's happening. I mean, obviously it was happening then, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But this idea that like it's something that you make work about and you talk about as a genuine fear that we are living through now wow. uh, was the first time I'd, I'd seen that. And that was Maddie like within this show about wow, phobias and fears. Cool. Um, so uh, in this, uh, she talks about The Spring, which is a new uh, piece of work she's been creating. So without further ado, this is our chat with uh, Madeline Shan. Hello, we are joined wow. by Madeline Shan. How are you doing, Madeline? Hi, I'm good. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Thank doing? you so much for being here with us. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So we want to talk to you about your new show that's in development, R&D, called The Spring. Um, now, when I was looking it up, it is a screen dance project. Mm-hmm. I've never heard. I know what a screen is. I know what a dance <laughs> is. Um, but this this one word together, screen dance. Can you set up what uh, a screen dance project is? So it's like, it's a little short film, which is like very exciting for me because I've mainly been working in like live work and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's funny because it's like, it's it's filmmaking, which is yet another discipline, which is expensive and difficult to make money from. I seem to be (laughs) a real bloodhound for for this kind of thing. (laughs) My career is just finding stuff that's hard to do and doesn't pay any money and just (laughs) just following that. Preach to the choir! (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what what was it about this project that made you think film was the right uh, genre? I've been doing a lot of live work and it was it was really, really difficult to get people to see it. I ended up being quite sort of like fiercely independent and also just very like, very determined. Like if I get an idea, it's one of those, you get an idea in in my head and I can't stop thinking about it or think about anything else. So even if I like can't get funding or whatever, I'm like, well, I'm just going to make it myself in my bedroom with this coat hanger and this (laughs) bowl of porridge or like whatever's hanging around. It's going to happen. The next bit is like, getting on stage and booking tours and getting people to see it and I would just always find that it was that bit just became really really difficult to do and I mean the amazing thing about making film is that you you know you put in all the effort to make it and then it like exists it's not relying on your memory as to like whether or not it happened (laughs) I think also I was just finding that I was always sort of like saying a lot of stuff you know like I, was, I make a lot of work that's very political and then I sit with it for a long time sit with the material for a long time and so it becomes very difficult to resist just sort of like purging <laughs> like huge amounts of like information like at an audience and I think it's just I was just noticing that it was like very full-on it was full-on for me it was full-on for them and so I was like okay what if I try and not say anything like at all with words and what if I really like zone in to like looking at stuff and showing stuff like in real detail you know if I go on stage there's no way I can show you like how like the veins of a leaf or like how amazing like a mushroom looks from like underneath (laughs) underneath. I can't show you that stuff I have to yeah but with a camera you can really bring people into this kind of like 
epic kind of like micro world. Have you watched Green Planet? <laughs> Green oh my Planet. God, I haven't. I haven't watched oh Green Planet. Oh my God, it's so good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get on it. Just joyful, yeah. amazing. Exactly what you're describing. Like just being able to film plants. <laughs> film the world from a plant's point of view. Oh. <laughs> And the, the, <laughs> the spring is about our relationship with the natural world. Um, so in the blurb, yeah. I wrote down the word anthropocentricity. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, can you talk us through the, what, what is the, the root <laughs> behind the show, The Spring? What's it about, basically? I mean, it's like it's non-narrative. So it's kind of like watching, I guess it's like watching a sort of like long and weird music video <laughs> um so so we have a dancer and we have the outdoors and she's in the outdoors and so it's kind of it's kind of more of a like in, like a vibe a vibe journey if you will sorry i did that is you are talking <laughs> our language <laughs> do you want to watch this thing i'm all right do you want to watch this vibe journey hello oh <laughs> More about a vibe journey. Here's the moral of the story: everyone should be themselves. <laughs> the real anthropocentricity was the friends we made along the way. Um, yeah, no, I, um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I was very, I was really, really, really trying to not press any of the things that I really want to say, like to not press that through it. So. So it's it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of just about setting aside time to kind of like take in like these like textures and this light and these shapes and these, these shapes and these colors. And where like we're blending a lot of like the, of like, yeah, the dancer's body and then also like non-human bodies of like, you know, plants and fungus and like, there's a piece that's like 12 minutes long and it's, yeah, I'm really keen for it to be like, for it to be like available for screening so you can have this really nice like ex experience but also for it to be like for it to then have a life where it's like just available for like um streaming and things like that also there's well like like special exclusive uh <laughs> intel <laughs> So um, the score, the score is an original score. It's by uh, Javier Velastine and uh, Becky Wilkie. For this live performance, um, we're also bringing in a choir. Who for this for this performance is She Choir from Manchester. It would also be nice to like have like event screenings that are like that, where like the local choir or a local choir or a local group of singers can come and be involved in in it. So it's kind of like a yes, yeah, a film, but also live. <laughs> You know, I usually I usually make art from a place of sort of like urgency and anger and like outrage and all of these things. And I kind of really needed a break yeah. from doing it that way. You know, and I still stand by all the work I've made that does this and I will make it again, believe me. <laughs> but like rather than being like, you should care about this and you sh we should do this more and this isn't okay. It's shown yeah. to tell. And I, I can really relate to, you know, you can spend all our time going, this is really important. You need to be more in sync with nature. You need to stop <laughs> consuming so much. Stop being so busy. Essential that we find yeah. ways to, to step back and to show, not tell. Okay, you want more people to engage with 
with what's going on with the seasons or what's really happening to our planet, then maybe start showing it and doing it yourself and and you might bring some people with you. I think people do know like that this is bad and like that the stuff is wrong. And I actually think for a lot of people, the more they feel like it's wrong, the harder it becomes to then take that step into taking responsibility for it. And mm-hmm. um, cause it's so overwhelming and it is overwhelming, you know, yeah. it's like really, really huge and dreadful, you know, people responded like different, yeah, to different like problems basically. And so I was like, okay, well, what if we're acting out of like love? What if we're acting yeah. out of like, the world is so incredible that like, mm-hmm. I literally don't, like I don't want to harm it and I'm excited Mm. to protect it and I'm excited to you know rewild and there's so much of the climate fight that is about regenerating and is about forest gardens that's joy yeah like joy yeah joy exactly there's so much about it that's like that and you know there's there's a whole spectrum of like emotional and like practical angles to be taken um Mm which I think is really like exciting. But yeah, for this, I, as a little treat, I thought I'd let myself <laughs> take, take a joy, a joy approach you. this time. Good for you. I think you should be entirely unapologetic about it. I don't think it's a treat. I think it's essential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's not a luxury. It's a necessity <laughs> to, um, to look at some leaves. <laughs> Maddie, you, you put up a blog recently uh, entitled Two Artists at the End of the Earth, which is this sort of part manifesto, part call to arms about, you know, how we make work. And you talk about, you know, being, I'm thinking so much about our imaginations and how sometimes we feel so constrained to the rules of the arts game, right? We talked about, you know, get funding, book a tour, talk to venues, get schedules done, contracts, all this stuff. And sometimes we lose this vastness that you talk about in about we need to be radical in how we approach our art. The being a, you know, a professional artist and being a professional imaginer. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, it's a really great question. And I think I'm definitely like at the start of that journey myself. Because I think, yeah, for me, my journey was like fairly like fairly common so you know you go to university you kind of have no idea like well I was lucky enough to go to university and study drama and I kind of had no idea going into that like what any of the rules were how any of this works how you get to do this stuff and then yeah coming out into the crash thank you very much (laughs) 2009 um (laughs) and suddenly having to make a living and, and just yeah kind of learning learning as you go on that like actually actually it works like this and actually you need arts council funding or you need this funding or you need that funding and actually you need to know how to speak like in sales pitches and you need to have the elevator pitch and you need to know how to write these things like that was a big learn of itself and so now I'm kind of and yeah and that exerted a lot of pressure on the kind of work so as much as obviously, like, I've really, of, of course, like, hated the pandemic, hated not being able to go and see work, it's been quite nice to not be, like, relentlessly hammered with the seeing work and feeling, like, excited, but also, like, insecure and jealous. And, like, being in this, like, constant competition where you're so influenced, even if you try not to be, by, like, what other people are making. 
I think like Edinburgh Fringe is like also a really good example of this. Like, I feel like by the time you come out of the Fringe, you kind of don't want to see another one hour show like, <laughs> as long as you live. <laughs> because I mean, and you know, that's not like, you know, people make, make amazing work at the Fringe, but like you, have, you start to see like that actually a lot is happening in quite a tight framework. So it's kind of go, going back to, it's, it sounds like you're describing what, what I call overstimulation. And just, yeah. and, and that go, go, almost going back to the need to take a break and take, go in a different direction and to slow down or to create work that's of a, some, like a, of a different vibe journey. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't I remember mean... the last time I felt imaginative without any constraints. I can't even remember, yeah. like, which is pretty sad. <laughs> I don't know. I know what you mean. Quick, and I'm going like, to schedule in 10 minutes where I can be imaginative with no constraints. Go. Do it. <laughs> I mean, like, what, what I like to do is just do something that I'm not good at. Because I feel like, for me, I feel like at the beginning of learning how to do something is when all the possibilities are open and you have, like, no grasp whatsoever about rules. So, so starting to think about making film was really exciting because I have no idea about film. For, for me, this is a really exciting place to be in because it just means you're just trying stuff. You have no idea whether it's going to work or not. Like I went into the shoot for this, for this film and some ideas I had very clearly in my head and some of them I had no idea. Like when I came back and looked at the shots, some of the ones that I'd meticulously planned and, and drawn out they just looked dreadful and they just didn't work and they didn't make any sense. And some of the ones where we'd rocked up and I'd just been like, you know, just like had a go or been like, oh, this looks cool. Like some of those look amazing. And I mean, that was, that was when I could really feel the like imagination machine, like really yeah. sort of like spreading its wings a lot. Like just having to react in the moment and see, just be really like looking and like seeing differently. Would be yeah, what, what a joyful <laughs> approach to have towards in your words, not being very good at something. I'm sure you are pretty good at it. But what a wonderful thing. Like we worry so much all the time about not being, getting better, getting better, not being good enough. And then to be able to go, oh, I'm not very good at this. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I wouldn't try it with like heart surgery, but. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much. That was Thank brilliant. you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. What song do you want us to play on East Leeds FM? I would love you to play a Jessica Hoop song called Born To. Imagery is just like powerful, exciting. It's a good one for like a run through the forest.
That was Born To by Jessica Hoop. What a lovely song. I feel like I want to go for a lovely old run in the woods. I mean, obviously I don't. I want to sit and stare at some walls some more. (laughs) Oh, I really enjoyed that chat with Maddie. And what a beautiful, wise, kind soul. I hope I can hang out with her some more soon. She lives in Berlin. Yeah, I didn't. about off when we stopped recording. I had no idea that she was in Berlin when we were talking to her. Well, last I heard she was in Sheffield, so. Oh, right. (laughs) She was like, oh, yeah, at the end. Yeah. yeah, I'm in Berlin, so I'd love to come back to Leeds, but it's a 12-hour train journey. <laughs> I'm like, oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I was thinking about, um, well, the song was playing, the, the, you know, stuff that Maddie was saying about using your imagination and finding time to just be imaginative uh, and not putting constraints on yourself. And then and your poem that you read out earlier on the show about imagination and us dreaming of going mm. to the moon. And... Um, yeah, I think I am taking a lesson for myself there. I think I need to carve out time for myself to just stare out of a window a bit more and not always be functioning, mm. you know, doing, doing, doing. Yeah, less of the admin, more of the... Dreaming. Dreaming. Oh, well, put that on a T-shirt. Well, it feels Hang like... it in your wardrobe. <laughs> uh, it feels like this vibe journey is ready to pull into Nat's Provocation Station. <laughs> The chat train is pulling into Nat's provocation station. I mean, I, lit- I literally just said what the jingle says, which sort of made it a bit that's, that's okay. You can deal with it. Now, have I told you, um, I don't think I have, that, that John, my partner, was referred to this as Nat's hallucin- hallucination corner. <laughs> it's like, oh, what are you going to say for Nat's hallucination corner? And then our friend and neighbour, Brendan, was like, oh, yeah, how, how, how's the show going? Is it going to be Nat's uh, constipation corner? <laughs> like, oh, guys. Can't wait for those features. <sighs> well. Shall I begin? Are we all sitting comfortably? <laughs> this is my provocation for January. Here on the Vandal Factory radio show, we believe that narrative matters. I hope I'm not speaking on behalf of you there, Henry Raby. I couldn't agree more. Excellent. I may continue. <laughs> the stories we tell ourselves about our communities, about our futures, impact every element of our lives. I also believe that it's healthy to challenge dominant narratives, even if it's ones that you adhere to. And this is something I've been doing recently when it comes to the climate crisis and thinking about climate adaption rather than climate mitigation. What does that mean? You could do that bit. What does that mean? Well, Let me tell you, Henry Raby, it means that in my own mind, I'm trying to challenge the narrative that the climate crisis is something that is only going to affect future generations. No, it is affecting millions of people around the globe today, and it has been for generations. I am trying to challenge the narrative that the climate crisis is a big evil monster that we can pull together and defeat if we all just do our bit. Afraid not. There is already climate change that is locked into our global atmosphere and we cannot undo it. I'm trying to challenge the narrative that we are all falling into an apocalypse with burning tyres in the streets and fights in the queues to get our daily bread. And just when we think it couldn't get any worse, a billionaire appears and waves his, because it would be a him, 
waves his money stick, tells us how to spend our money differently, and saves the day. I also want to point out that these narratives aren't completely wrong, and they're still the dominant narratives in my head. This is just something relatively new for me that I'm approaching with a critical and curious mind. It's also worth pointing out at this stage that I understand that not everyone has a space in their head to think about climate change narratives. Particularly in Seacroft recently, there's been a huge surge in antisocial behaviour. So I get that people are rightly worried about their doors getting kicked in or car windows smashed. People have different priorities in their lives and that's okay. They have different challenges to face. But... This is what I like about the focus on climate justice and climate adaptation. The focus is on solving problems and finding sustainable intersectional solutions. Can't afford healthy food? Let's find a sustainable, affordable way to reorganise food distribution in our community. Can't afford your energy bills? Let's think about how we can insulate your house differently or recycle rainwater and so on. So... I hear you cry. How are you putting this into your creative practice, Nat? How are you putting this into your creative practice, Nat? As a theatre maker and storyteller. As as a theatre maker and storyteller? I shall tell you, little urchin child. (laughs) Um, I have this amazing opportunity to be involved in a project that's called Suitcase Stories. It's funded by the Natural Education Research Council through my uni, York St. John's, and the Institute of Social Justice, where I'm doing my PhD. This project will be working in schools in Seacroft and in Batley, taking young people and connecting them with young people in Nigeria and Vietnam. Together, we will discuss how the climate change is affecting our communities. We will become young researchers and scour the globe for stories of climate adaption. Adaptation. Oh, I can't remember which one it is. I know my supervisor's listening and she's going to be thinking, Let's dis- is it climate adaption or climate adaptation? Oh, sorry, Cass. I'm going to continue. Is it? Climate vibe journeying. Yes, yes, the vibe journey shall continue. On this project, we're going to ask two important questions. One, who is already being the most affected by climate change and how are they adapting? And two, what can we learn from their experiences and apply to our own communities in the UK? Through active listening and research and dramatisation, we will embody these stories and fit them into a suitcase. By which I mean that small groups of two or three young people will have props and costumes that fit into a suitcase. And then they can take their stories in the form of performances out into the community and prompt conversation about climate adaption around the world. I'm also curious to see how a different conversation can be had with young people about climate change. How can we say, yes, it's happening and it's terrible, but we will adapt? How can we hold hope for a better future and the horror of the climate crisis predictions? How can we process those emotions through our bodies and through story? We're also interested in local stories of climate adaption. Think Global, Act Local, which is another great radio show here on East Leeds FM. 4pm every second Friday. Thank you, Henry. 
So I was trying to think of my own uh, suitcase story and I arrived at this. Food prices in the UK have been soaring for the last few years. And this is unquestionably related to the climate crisis. One simple way to think about it is plants can't keep up with our ever-changing weather patterns. This means that the most vulnerable in our communities are choosing between food and heating. Eating is no longer a given for families in the UK. Even those of us in relatively middle-class positions are still feeling the effect of these food price rises. Without wanting to cry poverty, me and my neighbours do go through lean times and we have to watch our budgets carefully. So I was delighted to hear about Surplus to Purpose, the Real Junk Food Project. They are based in Leeds and there's various projects that happen nationally as well. And they intersect food from supermarkets that's going to landfill and give it to food banks and homeless shelters. And they run pay what you feel, uh, supermarkets and cafes, do all sorts of stuff with the food. So I ordered one of their veggie magic boxes for a tenner. And when I arrived at this massive warehouse, not far out of the, the city centre from in Leeds, I got about four times the amount of food that I was expecting. I was handed this huge crate of food that was so heavy I could barely carry it. And it was covered with, filled with potatoes and aubergines and a 2.5 litre tin of um tinned tomatoes, bread, cakes, crisps. It was awesome. And it all got eaten by me and shared it with my neighbours and our friends. And it served us very well. And it kept our food bill down for last month. Uh, And also we've eaten perfectly good food that otherwise would have just been completely wasted and gone to landfill. So that's a small example of maybe some some climate adaption, trying to find solutions to injustices that exist within our community. Um, so that's my provocation for January. What's your suitcase story, listener? Whether it's local or global, I challenge you to find one and to share it. If there's anything in the Vandal Factory show that has... Uh, piqued your interest has vibed your journey uh you can get in touch with us uh if you email info at chapelfm.co.uk you can get in touch with any thoughts anything that's inspired you interested you any stories any responses to the provocations don't be nasty oh good night everyone thank you for listening Sleep, sleep, (laughs) sleep well